quick one. If you can hit follow or subscribe to this podcast, that really helps me track new listeners. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to episode 31 of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. Now, this week on the podcast, I welcome Hannah and Paf. They are the co-founders of Take Up Space. And this project exists to provide education, resources, and a sense of community for underrepresented groups with a focus on BIPOC and or LGBTQ plus people. The project also utilizes NFTs and Web3 for good, which is designed to help raise funds to support with mentorship programs, skill building, and also startup funding to empower BIPOC and LGBTQ plus entrepreneurs. And we'll get into why that is important later on in the episode. The project stands for equity, diversity, inclusion, and representation in Web3. It also looks at financial literacy and providing accessible pathways towards investing, creating generational wealth in underserved communities. Now, Hannah and Path both have amazing stories and backgrounds. And after getting to know them, it was clear that there are some synergies with what I'm trying to do with the Wealth Journal to help democratise finance and building wealth for all, and some of the initiatives that Take Up Space is working on. And if this is the first time you've listened to the Wealth Journal podcast, essentially the Wealth Journal is me documenting and sharing my weekly learnings on the subject of wealth. The aim is for me to try and understand finance, bring that onto the podcast, and if I can understand it and explain it to the listener, then hopefully you can understand it as well. And the goal really is for you to follow my journey towards wealth, and hopefully we can go on that journey together. Now. It's also important to remember that the Wealth Journal is not financial advice. I recommend you do your own research before making any forms of investments or better yet, speak to a qualified financial advisor. Now, with that out of the way, let's get cracking. Okay, so Hannah and Paf, welcome to the Wealth Journal podcast. It's amazing that you've joined me today. Oh, thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Good stuff. Good stuff. So first of all, I'd love it if you could just introduce yourselves for the benefit of the listener. So Path, I'm going to start with you. Can you just give yourself a, you know, a bit of an introduction? What's your background and who is Path? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What a question. Uh, so my name is Path. Um, I am Papua New Guinean Australian, currently based in Edinburgh, Scotland. So that was a fun um change in weather. Um, but my background is in digital marketing. So my day job is I actually run a digital marketing agency called Pilot Fish Media. Um, so we specialize in working with purpose-led brands. Um, and I've been doing that for about a year now in that position. And then previously, uh, my background is in paid advertising, performance marketing, basically anything data and people is kind of my jam. Um, outside of that, um, I actually am a bit of a creator. So um, how Hannah and I actually met was on TikTok, where I've grown a, a following of over 90,000 people um, creating BIPOC LGBTQ content. So really just helping queer people of color um, just be their most authentic selves is, is kind of my passion there. Um, and before I moved to Edinburgh, I was also a competitive powerlifter, although I haven't done that as much as of late, <laughs> but that's me in a nutshell. Well, I actually read that. Um, I don't think you told me that when we first met and then I, I, I came across the powerlifting 
I was pretty pretty impressed actually. I think was it one of your weight records was much heavier than me, and I thought, wow, that's uh, that's amazing. <laughs> and Hannah, tell us about yourself. Yes, hello, my name is Han. Um, I am an ex professional basketball player. Um, so I've played professional and for Great Britain. Um, and I kind of ended my career earlier than I would have liked due to injury. So um, I actually went back to uni, did a master's in strength and conditioning, and I've been running my own strength and conditioning business for almost five years now. So um Paths already covered our kind of meeting and love story, but um, that is kind of me wrapped up. And we're going to talk about kind of what we're building together. Yeah, what we're building together. So. Yeah, our yeah. powers combined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, that's what I, that's really what I want to hear about today because I think we we sort of got in touch in a, a roundabout way, um, obviously. I interviewed Betty from Dead Fellas, which was an episode that that you listened to. Um, and I think we're both sort of fans of Betty and what she's doing in the the NFT space. And uh yeah, this that's sort of how this episode came about. And you're obviously working on your your own project, which has also taken the form of of, of NFTs in some way. So I think there's also a, a few synergies that we discussed from you know, my ambitions with the Wealth Journal podcast to try and almost de- democratize finance and um, allow people the ability to learn about how to build wealth from from any form of background. Um, and then you're also working on a project called Take Up Space. So it'd be great if you, uh, since you're obviously you're here, to tell the listener what is Take Up Space. Um, and at first, probably like you just to introduce the concept sort of pre the world of of Web3 and NFTs, and then also how that's then um, incorporated itself into the idea. Yes, absolutely. So take up space uh, before we had, before I knew anything about NFTs was originally going to be an online course um, providing intersectional training and coaching for uh, queer POC. So as I kind of mentioned before, um, I'm really passionate about um, empowering people, empowering individuals um, to really like increase their voice and step into their power. Um, and I'm even more inspired to do this for um, underrepresented people. So with my own background, um, as I said, I'm Papua New Guinean. So I've had an interesting, I guess, journey um, through my through my life coming from a small village in Papua New Guinea moving to a very small white country town in Australia um, and kind of going through a lot of, uh, you know, facing a lot of barriers um, that you face when, you know, you come from maybe a more of a, I guess, a poverty kind of background. Um, I was a person of colour um, and then I was queer. So there's quite a few, I guess, unique identities that I hold that um, that causes me to, you know, face a few barriers Um so Take Up Space was really inspired by my own journey and essentially just seeing the impact that I have had with stepping into my power and taking up space and being a leader. I thought if this is something that, you know, one diverse leader can do, the work that I've done through the agency with 
rolling out diversity inclusion initiatives um, with really like transforming the team and the culture and also aligning with purpose-led brands and really making that um, a foundation of the agency. Um, I was just inspired to do all that I could do to create more diverse leaders. So Take Up Space, as I said, was going to be a way um, to help coach these people uh, to do that using my lived experience and, and journey. Um, and this is, I guess, where Han comes into the story. So with Han's background in education um, and, you know, with just us sharing everything in life together, she started to help me create the curriculum. Um, and then she started to kind of, on her own side, dive into the crypto and NFT space again. Yeah. So I'll jump in here. So um, my kind of crypto journey started back in 2016 um, and this was when I was uh, during my playing career and obviously there was nothing else to do with my time than learn how to day trade crypto so um, I did this for honestly like a, a couple of years um, and I self-taught myself how to read all the charts and um, I yeah I got a pretty good port- portfolio on the go um during the pandemic obviously I have a strength and conditioning business all the gyms were closed so my business was quite um significantly impacted which meant I actually had to withdraw all of my my funds from crypto and I just had to use that to to get by um so I, I haven't been doing it as much recently um but around about December time I started getting back into it and NFTs were cropping up and I was like okay I need to start learning about this more because this is a really interesting concept so this is where I find your podcast Jay and <laughs> listen listen to the, the episode with Betty and it kind of opened my eyes to being the sort of use cases of NFTs it's not simply just selling digital art it's it's such a wide scope of utilities that they can be used for and the power that it can bring to small businesses and startups like take up space. Um, It it just clicked immediately in my head and I was like, I need to go home and I need to convince path that take up space now needs to be an NFT project. So you can imagine how the first conversation went. Um, Not very well. Um, But after a, a few attempts, path kind of starts to come around to the idea and I start showing projects who are already using NFTs for good so Honey Badges was another one and Women Rise um, and path eventually came around to the idea that NFTs were actually the vehicle that we were going to use for take up space so mm. um, here we are we minted three weeks ago now mm. um, yeah yeah wow. it's just it was pretty, it was a hard like battle for at, at the start, just because um, I really, I didn't really see myself in crypto and NFTs. It just seemed like a completely different alien world. Um, investing as a whole, which is probably, you know, I mean, we're on a wealth, uh, wealth podcast <laughs> right now, but investing for me seemed very alien and far away as someone who you know grew up with, um, with not a lot. Um, yeah. But I think 
as Han said, seeing the use cases is really what inspired me and, and listening to your podcast with, with Betty and seeing, okay, this is just, this technology is inherently neutral, but if we get people in there uh, building to solve problems, like that is, that is pretty magical. So yeah, it's been pretty amazing to see, you know, we obviously mentioned the the first iteration of Take Up Space and the what we've now called the Change Maker curriculum. That's still a core part of, of the project, but with the power of NFTs, we've been able to scale this in terms of our vision. Uh, that is one part, but we're also able to uh, create grants. So at a certain point of our mint, when our project is, is minted out, we're able to provide grants to black and queer led startups, um, you know, no questions asked and the community gets to vote on that and also do things like create a, uh, a community wallet where again, the community yeah. decides where that, that mon- money goes. And that's not, there's no way we could have done anything yeah. like that in the web two version of take up space. And even in terms of the content that we can provide now, you know, if we were, if you go down your sort of traditional route of, okay, I'm going to make an online course. You have to produce all of the content beforehand on your budget and then try and get people to buy it. Whereas this yes. way, it's like you have your supporters, you have your investors, you yeah. have funds to be able to go away and make the content even better. So we've been able to partner with um, external uh, people and organizations who are going to come in and lead workshops and live trainings for our community. So we would definitely not have been able to do that um without using nfts so yeah been awesome yeah it's um the opportunity that's just been presented with originally the, the blockchain technology but nfts off the back of that is quite incredible really and it's allowing people like yourselves to create almost self-fund self-funded projects build strong communities that sort of yeah buy into into what's going on and um i think it's you know, when I've looked through the the rainbow paper, as it's called, um, obviously I think mo- most of them are called like, roadmaps or uh, white papers. So yeah. rainbow paper, it's pretty cool. And some of the projects and initiatives that you have in place for, you know, that, that yeah. as you sort of progress through the, through the different phases uh, are really sort of inspiring really um, to use that community wallet to, to help people um, on their own journey is, is pretty cool. In terms of the the actual NFTs themselves, then I think they are they called change makers. Is, am I right? Yes, they're called change makers. Yeah, where where does that idea come from? And and obviously the 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 artwork as well. How did you sort of come up with that concept? So we thought of change makers because the whole thinking around take up space is we want to help people unlock their inner change maker. So we believe that everyone can be a change maker. And that is just someone who is going out into the world with a vision, values, and creating something to impact change for themselves and others is kind of our definition of of change makers. So we wanted our uh, collection to be called the change makers. And we also call our community that to, I guess, empower them as well. Yeah. So for the art, um, it really started off with um just doodling on my ipad and like working out how i was going to create characters that could be generated to a large number because for those of you who maybe haven't had any experience in creating nfts 
recipes, which I presume is not that many. Um, <laughs> when you're doing a generative art collection, you basically um, create all of the, the, the different traits. And then in the codes, you kind of layer how those traits stack on top of each other. And then it creates one whole picture. So I had to kind of work out how I was going to draw the character so that I could have all of the traits correctly display on top of each other and not overlap in a weird way. So um, it just started off with the head shape and then a general sort of body outline. And then the the biggest part really for the um, characters was that they would represent the people that we would like and take up space. So um majority of the skin tones that we used were those of a darker colour. So out of 11 skin tones, eight of them are um, representative of BIPOC. Um, And other than that, all of the features really were just kind of based on our friends and people who are closest to us. So we just wanted them to look really cool um, and a little bit queer, I suppose. They're all genderless. Um, and there's some rainbows featured in there. Of course. Yeah, I think one thing that we noticed going in, getting into the NFT space was, uh, you know, originally it is a very like male dominated space and a lot of the PFP projects are um, different animals and stuff like that, which is cool. I obviously yep. bought a club and that. Um, but what we really liked about projects like Dead Fellas or Honey Badgers is the genderless aspect. Um, and I guess one thing we saw that was missing was a lot of these women uh, led projects, which is awesome to see as well, but they were very feminine, um, you know, feminine presenting women that like Han and I didn't necessarily see ourselves in. And we wanted to really make sure, as Han said, it was representative both of race and gender um, and just make sure that everyone felt, feels seen. I think representation in the art is, is something that Han was very, particular about um we have certain hairstyles that you know uh like bantu knots and locks um i used to have dreadlocks i've never seen any other pfp with locks so we had to actually i wonder if we're the first (laughs) nft lock i don't know i don't know we should put that somewhere (laughs) yeah so i think han was like as artist han was very intentional about um about that and like the it's been pretty cool to see now we've minted every person that goes to mint a change maker is like, oh, I want to find me. And they've been able to find themselves in the collection, which is awesome. So one question for me, this is a a technical question. The the NFTs are are built on the Polygon blockchain. Am I right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. And what what was the rationale behind using the Polygon blockchain versus, I guess, the more popular Ethereum blockchain? So... um... We had kind of multiple reasons for that. So the biggest one was the gas fees. Um, we knew that a lot of the people who would be minting a change maker were probably people who um, didn't have a large disposable income and that even just simply paying the price of a change maker would be a lot for them. Um, so we didn't want them having to pay, you know, $75 extra in gas fees. So yeah. that was a big one with Polygon. The gas fees are like, 30 cent or something like that um the second one was the environmental impact too because polygon obviously being on a a proof of stake 
sort of protocol, um, having much less energy consumption, it just aligned a little bit more with our personal values um, versus Ethereum as well. Um, obviously, Ethereum is going to be um, very shortly merging over to, to the same proof of stake. But um, those were the two main reasons. Um, the third one as well that a lot of people don't realise is... Um, so we wanted to mint our collection. Um, so so basically on our pre-sale, uh, we knew that we weren't going to sell out just with the nature of our project. We knew that we were going to have to mint some NFTs so that we could then display them on OpenSea as part of the collection. Because normally what happens is a, a collection will sell out and it will automatically show on OpenSea. Um but if it doesn't sell out, then it won't display as part of the collection. So for us to have minted the leftover NFTs, it would have cost us thousands and thousands of pounds, like probably 6K plus. Right. Um, whereas with Polygon, it again cost me about a pound to mint our whole collection and upload it to OpenSea. So it was just way more accessible for everyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's the main reason, really. Yeah, I think it may. I think it makes sense as well, given what the, the the sort of fundamentals of the project is about. And for those that don't know, the difference between, I guess, Ethereum and Polygon. Polygon is essentially like an Ethereum scaling solution. It's like a side chain. It almost runs alongside Ethereum. If you think of Ethereum like a a bus going into a town, then Polygon's like the train that runs next to it going faster. Um, but it's still sort of linked to Ethereum. It's probably the easiest way I can explain it. But it also means it's it makes fewer stops along the way so it can go quicker. But it also means that the fees are a lot less, whereas Ethereum's obviously very expensive when you come to maybe like mint an NFT or uh, do a certain transaction, depending on how busy the network is, how many stops it's got to make means it obviously can be a lot more uh, a lot more expensive whereas polygon a lot cheaper so yeah, yeah. hopefully hopefully i got that right anyway <laughs> you probably know a little, yeah. little bit more than it, than, than i do um, no, you summed up really well cool so in terms of creating social change um i'm i'm going to maybe direct this towards you path why is that so important and I guess, how does Take Up Space support this? Yes, um, really good question, Jay. I think to answer that, I might rattle off a few of my favourite statistics. <laughs> um, so essentially, as you know, our vision is a world with more diverse leaders. Um, and when we kind of started to dig into the research at, you know, how the world currently stands, we had a look in the UK, obviously, being where we're based. And we had a look into uh, actually venture capital investment to see where that's currently going. And honestly, the, the stats were pretty shocking. So in the UK, in the last decade, under 1% of venture capital investment actually went to Black entrepreneurs and only one Black female founder in the past decade actually secured funding, um, which is pretty crazy. When we have a look in uh, across the US, we see very similar statistics. Uh, so Black and Latinx women received 0.64 uh, 
um, of all venture capital investment funding in 2018 and 2019. Um, interestingly, I saw that uh, these uh, women actually were, were outperforming men in terms of um, how their businesses were, were going. So it definitely wasn't a lack of, you know, uh, merit that they weren't receiving the funding. And then looking at leadership more broadly, and this is something I'm really passionate about is, is the lack of representation, diverse representation in leadership. Um, in the history of the Fortune 500 list, there's only been 19 black CEOs out of 1,800 um, chiefs. And there have only ever been three LGBTQ CEOs on the Fortune 500 list. Um, and only one queer woman has ever been on the list. So I think, you know, it is really important to see that these BIPOC LGBTQ leaders are few and far in between. But as I said, it's not because they're not suitable for the job. It's not because they're, you know, there's a lack of, um, of skills there. Extensive research actually shows that diverse led companies and teams outperform their counterparts. So we really wanted through Take Up Space is to create initiatives and our remit and the way that we can um, to solve some of these real problems. And as I said, create more, more diverse leaders. So in terms of the problems and then thus the social change we're trying to create, you know, we want to provide funding for, for black and queer led startups um, that ne- wouldn't necessarily have access to that. Um, we want to actually provide representation in leadership roles by creating a diverse a mentorship pool that our community can tap into and learn from. Because I think, you know, and I can speak from, from um, experience as uh, someone pretty, still pretty new in their leadership career, it was really daunting to step into that position of power and not have any models of leadership, um, you know, queer, black, neurodivergent. I didn't see any people that were leading a team, uh, building a business that looked, sounded and thought like me. So what we really want to do with Take Up Space is just provide this representation and really just inspire every single person in our community and beyond that, you know, they can become the leaders of tomorrow because we know that the best people to advocate for what we need is ourselves. So we really need these underrepresented people to be upper represented and be uh, in these positions of power to create this change from the top down. Absolutely. I think um, there's a talk by Matthew Said. I don't know if you've, if you've come across his work, but he wrote a book. I can't remember the title of the book actually. Um, but his, his talk talks, it talks about diversity and he begins off basically explaining that if you wanted to have a sprint relay team, really, you just want the, the fastest runners. And in order to get the fastest runners, in theory, you could actually just try and, well, actually the best strategy would to be clone, to clone the fastest runner, which in most cases was probably Usain Bolt over the last 10 years. Um, which you could argue isn't a very diverse team, but it would be a winning team. But when it comes to actual real world, um, whether it's like business or certain problems like climate change or running an an economy, activities that are non-linear, like sprinting, you actually need diversity, different ideas, different perspectives. And I think he called this like cognitive diversity. It's not necessarily just having people from different races and 
um, you know, different genders, but actually people with different experiences, different backgrounds, different perspectives end up, ends up providing a much better result. More ideas, more innovation is, is delivered through, through cognitive diversity. And I think he thought that for the next sort of 50 years, that'll bring the biggest step change to, to, to the, to the world, to, to, to economies and, and innovation across the globe. So, I think it's incredibly important and you know I've worked with big companies and I think you can see this certainly more with big companies when you've got a huge customer base and you think actually not all our customers are the same um but yeah the workforce in some places can actually look quite quite mm-hmm. similar I think people tend to employ people similar to to them back you know to their own backgrounds but actually customer bases are so so diverse and I think you're. I think you're 100 right, and those stats are, are are shocking and unfortunately not surprising, really, in some ways. But it's just, and I think, like you said, if you can um, having people that you can you can look up to uh, and see them in those positions, really, really does help. Path, was there anybody sort of when you was growing up that you really sort of looked up to and helped sort of? you on your journey? That's a tricky one because I really struggled with seeing any representation, even in media, for example, um, growing up in like the nineties and the early noughties in Australia. Um, it was, yeah, it was quite homogenous. Um, but yeah, I think it's only been recently to be honest that I've seen, more representation um, in, in leadership. It's definitely definitely taken a while, but it, it's been interesting coming from Australia to the UK um, and seeing, you know, maybe a bit more, to be honest, in the UK. I think um, you all are a bit further in front of uh, Australia in those regards. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that sort of makes your story, you know, even more inspiring, the fact that, you, you like you say, you've not been able to, to almost look up to a certain individual or person. Um, but I've actually, you know, you are leading, have, have become a, become a leader. So is there anything that you would maybe like to sort of any lessons or advice that you'd like to provide to, to people that maybe feel like you did when, when you was younger? Yeah, I think just knowing that, your voice matters and your story matters and you're here for a reason. I think just, it's really hard to feel misunderstood. And I think um, I've felt like that a lot of my life, but the biggest change was when I started to accept myself and understand myself and how I moved through the world and how I thought, you know, having ADHD and different things like this. Um, that has really been a game changer is I had to, it's cliche, but you had to like love yourself before you can, um, step out into the world and, and kind of expect that to, to come as well. So I think just know that, you know, even though you haven't seen someone like you do it before, maybe that's because you're supposed to be the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And Hannah, um, one thing I wanted to sort of unpick with with you when when I was looking at your background, and maybe it comes from your uh, interest when you got involved in in crypto, 
and investing was that you have this passion to to help close the gap um, when it comes to wealth and investments. And I was keen to understand where does this where does this come from? Yeah. So honestly, I, I think in general my life purpose, like my big why is actually to help other people become the best versions of themselves. So that kind of manifests itself in many different ways. So whether it's through a sort of wellness lens with my strength and conditioning or whether it's, um, you know, for wealth building through crypto and NFTs and all other sort of financial skills that you can learn. But I suppose for the, the wealth building part, I think... So I, I I grew up in a, a middle class white family. Um, we were pretty well off, um, but my I, I was never taught any sort of financial skills. Like my parents didn't kind of. I mean, they set me up a bank account. I think everyone's kind of parents do that, but you know, they didn't have a fund for me, and they didn't kind of tell me how to save and how to invest and all this stuff I, I kind of just stumbled across it myself I think I was just really sort of lucky that on one of my sort of YouTube rabbit holes I came across um like money skills and like why you need to to, to sort of build your financial literacy um and I've I've got ADHD as well so when I get into something I I really get into something so um yeah after kind of going down that rabbit hole I just it just clicked in my brain about how important this stuff is and the amount of people out there who are just completely unaware and like one tiny decision that you make when you're a kid can impact you for the rest of your life so yeah I, I think it was just something that I wanted to share with my friends and those who are closest to me because I also kind of wanted them to be sort of set up for success because I think, um, I mean, Jay, you'll probably agree, there's not that much out there in terms of sort of helping people build their their skills around money. And it's not really discussed in schools either. So, yeah, I think that's where it kind of came from. Yeah, I think um, we've both got a similar a similar view there when it comes to to building wealth. I always find that building wealth is is something that a professional investor can have just as much chance as just a, an amateur who who knows very very little. They can both be almost equally successful. And it's always been my ambition with with this podcast to try and help people with just those those basic skills like you said you don't tend to get taught in in school any of this stuff whether it's just how saving you know inflation uh, interest rates saving money can actually sometimes erode your wealth and actually you know how to put money to work certainly money that you can you can afford to to put to work um and i think it really comes down to actually just initially developing a financial education and i appreciate for some people it's it's a lot harder than others to to save and put and put money aside and i recognize that i come from a a huge amount of privilege as well um in many respects but i'm trying to you know through the podcast uh, because i I think i've learned a lot of this stuff later in life probably similar to to you han um so yeah i'm trying to in the same way that take up space is probably trying to educate uh those people um as well so yeah i quite like the synergies there and 
who knows, maybe one day we might be able to to pair up on on a project in the future, which which I know we sort of briefly spoke about that um, when we caught up, but that's something that certainly certainly excites me. Um, how could people then get involved in Take Up Space? Then where where can where can they go and learn more? Um, what's the best route for them to sort of just start to get a vibe of the community and you know understand a little bit more about the project, the future, and and how to get you know take part. So take up space. Um, a lot of people who are probably listening to your podcast are probably thinking, I don't fit into this group of people. Mm. But take up space is for everyone. As Pav already said, um, we believe that everyone can be a change maker. And a big part of that is supporting and being an ally to um, the LGBTQ and, and BIPOC community. So you can support Take Up Space um, in many different ways. Um, you can mint a change maker. You can help contribute to our community. We are um, very welcoming to anyone who would like to join. Um, the best place to go is to head over to Twitter and um, search for Take Up Space NFT. Um, we are on there quite regularly and you'll see all of our links links to our discord and our website on there but we can send that across to you as well jay that you can maybe put them across in the the show notes yeah sure i'll make sure everything everything is linked in the in the show notes not a problem yeah so i think as han said um we definitely want anyone and everyone who resonates with you know just creating a better a better future um and and having those shared values of of creating generational wealth and, um, you know, equity, diversity, inclusion. Um, so as Han said, we, we usually are hanging out in our discord, which is we've got like a small, but mighty community as we love to call it. Uh, we have regular events in there. Um, and we also have like Twitter spaces and, and different things, um, as well. Um, so one thing, you know, if you're also, and I'm sure, everyone here has has diverse range of skills um you can actually become a contributor in different ways so one thing that we uh, have implemented um that han has spearheaded is actually our own social token called tus um so this is basically a way for people to contribute to earn um social tokens um which is really exciting because they're able to do things like create um, a social media post or a graphic or host, you know, a meditation space or all these different things that you can contribute to the community um, and you can earn TUS. And then it's essentially a way that you can kind of build these tokens. Um, and if you can't afford a change maker NFT, you can actually use your TUS tokens that you've earned um, to unlock parts of the curriculum. So that's one way that we wanted to make it more accessible um, and one mm. way that people can uh, contribute to the cause without, you know, actually directly investing. So um, if you do, you know, if you do have the funds and, and you're wanting to be an ally and support, obviously you can mint the change maker and support that way. But if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I love, like, this is really resonating with me, but I don't have the monies. I've got you. Um, <laughs> please join the community anyway. And, you know, that contribute and and be a part of the community. We just want we just want to be a hub for um, for all people to to feel um, welcomed. Amazing. And how much how much is it to mint a change maker at the moment? What's the sort of mint price? 
Um, it's 0.08 ETH, which I think is sitting at about £180. Okay. Depends yeah. on how, doesn't just it? Now, but <laughs> yeah, it just depends what's happening with Ethereum. You never know. Yeah, yeah. And this is um, this is a complete a completely selfish question, but obviously you've got uh, other businesses on the side, your work. Um, how do you how do you find the time to to manage everything that you're currently working on? It's really hard, um, <laughs> to be honest. I think I'm quite lucky in that I'm self employed completely, so I can move my schedule around to to suit me so um i try and give myself enough time each day to to fit in take up space um i work kind of split shifts so that works quite well i don't have to like cram it in late at night um i mean i still work full time but it, it just gives me the sort of late morning and afternoon to do take up space and then i work early mornings and then evenings so um is a bit of a struggle and then especially with path running a literal agency that is like even more challenging yeah it's very much you know shutting one laptop at 5 p.m opening another laptop working till 11 um we launched on twitter exactly three months ago so it's been an all all out sprint um but we're definitely wanting to be a bit more intentional um and have a bit more of a balance um you know go outside other than dog walks maybe go to, maybe go to the gym <laughs> um yeah we just started going to the gym again this week after not going for three months so. yeah so it honestly it's a it's a daily like struggle to do it but also it fills our cup like you know we we get off you know speaking to people like yourselves we get off speaking with our uh, community members and different events and we're just absolutely buzzing with yeah. how uh, amazing this community is and just the opportunity and the potential of web three yeah. in general um, it moves at breakneck speed but it's just such an amazing exciting place to be in at the moment so I think um, that definitely helps but yeah we'll circle back once we've nailed the balance and we can give you some more tips Jay <laughs> yeah I was hoping for some sort of silver bullet that you had there but um <laughs> No, it is, it is tricky. It is tricky. I feel like, um, sometimes it can, yeah, consume you and it's hard to, hard to draw the line between, you know, what you're supposed to be doing in the day versus the night. Um, but I think like you said, it's definitely worth, it's definitely worth it when you put the time in and you get, you know, you get good feedback or you get to meet new people. Like, you know, for example, yeah, me, uh, meeting both of you has been it wouldn't wouldn't have happened if it wasn't wasn't for for the podcast and also for for take up space either so yeah keep going um thank you for coming onto the wealth journal podcast and, and sharing take up space i definitely feel that we've got sort of aligned goals and thanks for doing it i think it's um a great project um you know i feel like i've got to know you obviously we've spoken now a couple of times and um you definitely uh, sort of, I guess, how can I put this? Sharing your your experiences and your journey with um, more people to help them on theirs. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really cool. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure to to bring your story to, to the Wealth Journal, to the Wealth Journal podcast. And I urge the listener, if this has resonate, resonated with you, then yeah, check up, uh, check on Take Up Space and, jump in i've jumped in the discord 
a great community. Mm-hmm. Um, follow them on Twitter. So yeah, I recommend uh, I recommend you do that. Is there any anything else you'd like to add? No, just thank you so much for having us on the podcast. It's it's been super fun, and it's just been it's like wild to think about three months ago. You know, I was sitting in my car listening to your podcast, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to go away and I'm going to do make an NFT project with Path." And who knows, I might be on this podcast, and here we are. So, <laughs> full circle moment. Yeah, we also that... to, uh, interview Betty a few weeks ago, so we've really we're just following in your footsteps at yeah. this point, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that that actually that blows my mind more than you could ever know to be honest so that's uh that's amazing i never thought the podcast would have would have an impact like that so thanks for thanks for sharing that and um yeah i wish you the best of luck with take up space um and yeah i hope it just keeps going from from strength to strength because it's definitely a worthwhile project and there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of crap nfts out there as you'll know and if anybody's been involved in the space they'll, they'll know that as well but there's there's also some really good projects and this is one of them so yeah congratulations and uh, keep up the hard work 